This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome, badass friends, to this episode of the Badass Ladies Club. I'm here with my good friend Jessica and our good friend Jackie. Yeah. Here to break down spirituality versus religion and all that good, yummy stuff. But before we start, maybe we should introduce our badass of the week this week. Well, our badass of the week this week is Jackie Rothschild. Oh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, um... Jackie and I go back to the seventh grade from St. Maria Goretti Catholic School. SMG. SMG. (laughs) Um, Jackie is my dearest, bestest friend, my soul sister, my ride or die. And um, I love her with all my heart. And she is also what we call an Alpha Omega. Yes. Which I don't know is an official thing. No. No. Okay. It is now. Like, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know what that is, that means that Jackie from preschool to graduating college only had Catholic school private education. She's never right. had like public school education. Nope. Um So we thought that Jackie would be the perfect addition to this episode where mm. we're talking religion versus spirituality. And um, I'm a terrible best friend. And when Laurie and I were talking about it, I was like, we should have Jackie because she's a theology major. (laughs) And then you corrected me and you were like, I'm not a theology major. Correct. So (laughs) break down what the difference between religious studies versus a theology study is. Theology, um, people who are theology majors are really focused on God, like all aspects of God, like what is the nature of God? How does God interact with this world? As a religious studies major, I focus on how humans view God and all the different religions of the world. And we get some, you know, philosophy and some God in there, but it's it's much more kind of anthropological in its approach. And that is why you are the perfect addition to this episode. And I was telling Jessica, like, I knew that you had been in your Catholic school education for your entire education. I had no idea that you had this degree in religious studies. And when we talked about it and you explained exactly what it was, I am completely fascinated by this. Um, A, because it means that you have actual, like, book smarts that Jessica and I don't have (laughs) to throw into this, but also because it encompasses lots of religions and lots of perspectives and that it's related to like how humans work into this whole conversation with spirituality and religion, which is exactly what we want to talk about today. So welcome. Thank you. And thank you for being badass of the week and getting on here on this podcast. This is the first and time that we've had a like badass and guest all in the same episode. Yes, it's awesome. And very last minute, mind you, right. I literally <laughs> text Jackie just a few days ago and I was like, so <laughs> are you available? And of course, being the amazing person she is, agreed to do this. Here she is. Thank you. So, kicking off um, this conversation about spirituality, religion, are they the same thing? Are they different? Are they at odds? Whatever. Um, We always like to start with this idea that we 
want to be respectful and honor all perspectives on spirituality and religion. And that I have wanted to do this as a topic for a long time, um, but have been intimidated, you know, or yeah, concerned, right. you know, like that it was going to be a topic that was going to be hard to talk about. Um, but after the three of us connecting about it and um, definitely with having Jackie here, I feel really confident and excited about what we're going to get into today. So the first stat that... I found when we were doing research on it was from a Gallup News article from March of 2021. So from this year, you know, like this is okay. a pretty uh, current one that U.S. church membership falls below the majority. And they mean like the majority of the population for the first time in history. Wow. Um, and this is a quote from the article. The decline in church membership is primarily a function of the increasing number of Americans who express no religious preference. Over the past two decades, the percentage of Americans who do not identify with any religion has grown from 8% from 1998 to 2000 up to 13% when we're looking at 2008 to 2010, and then up further to 21% over the past three years. So that there are a lot more Americans that are saying they have no religious affiliation. And the first thing that I think is really fascinating to talk about is like, what is the difference between being religious and being spiritual? Um, Cause spiritual seems to have a lot wider scope than like a specific religion as it were. So what do you guys think about the idea of like religion versus spirituality? Same, different, like not the same. How would you characterize that? Uh, goodness. Uh, I would kind of, I feel like whenever you said like religion versus spirituality, first thing that popped into mind was like, y'all are my spiritual friends and I'm like the religious mm. friend. So I felt a little like jet sharks and I was like, let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jet sharks. Like it's West side story. I love it. Um, oh but I would say like what defines like a religion is something kind of codified, something, um, a little more organized and a little more structured and there are, you know, positives and negatives with any structure, but one of the negatives that you see and that is very, you know, since it's such a personal thing, a religion that gets kind of personally inflamed by that structure is you have to decide like what is not a part of the religion. Yeah. And it causes some ostracization um, of individuals. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of one of those things. Whereas spirituality is kind of like that personal relationship kind of having that, you know, dynamic relationship with a higher being mm. um, or the universe or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, so and then people in religious religions are going to be spiritual and have that personal relationships, but that religion is going to decide what it is and what it isn't throughout its history. Yeah. So I could totally agree with that assessment. I feel like religious people are spiritual, but spiritual people aren't necessarily religious. Right. Yeah. And for me, um, growing up Catholic, there are things about Catholicism that I love. It's, um, it makes me feel at home mm. and safe and nostalgic. Yeah. And so if I were to ever go back to church again, it would be a Catholic church. Um, I like that old school sitting in the pews with stained glass windows, you know, I, that speaks to me more than let's say a church where it's loud and people are singing and mega church bands. style yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, that, that doesn't speak to me as much as like a 
I feel like religion is a sacred experience. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I really like Catholicism. But the reason why I don't necessarily practice Catholicism anymore is because I felt too much put into this box. I'm a very black and white, all or nothing kind of person. And so for me, when I didn't really agree with certain aspects of the Catholic Church, I was like, well, then I guess I'm not Catholic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, when I talk to people, isn't necessarily how all people are like I talk to Catholic people who are like oh yeah I don't agree with everything the Catholic Church does either but I'm still Catholic I'm like really (laughs) that for me I was like well it's all or nothing this is what I think is so fascinating about it though is that there are like people who are hardcore in whatever religion you're talking about where they have to believe in everything exactly as it comes out the structure like they got to be into it 100% but it's like there's also like non practicing people that st- yeah. will still say I'm Catholic or I'm Jewish or I'm whatever, you know, and then they are completely okay to still be a part of the religion, but not have to embrace every aspect of that religion. And it's part of the conversation about spirituality that I think is so neat is that everybody kind of gets to decide what they want to believe. Um, and then that this judgy part of religion, you know, like lots of people feel judged by a religion or feel excluded from a religion, ostracized by it for whatever reason, um, that you get to define for yourself how you want your spiritual and or religious experience to look like. Um, It's like a buffet. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I was raised, I'm not Catholic. Um, I was raised in a United Methodist uh, denomination. And, you know, lots of my family members have been pastors and, you know, some of them went to seminaries. And so I have the same like nostalgic, warm feeling about sitting in the pews and singing and all of the um, like, it just feels good. It feels like home, you know, to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It is crazy overwhelming, though, the idea of, like, trying to find a church. You know, like, because yeah. I know that so much of the time, like, when people move to a new area or maybe the church that they were with, just they weren't driving with it anymore, that they wanted to, like, find a new church. And it's kind of like dating or, you know, like, <laughs> like yeah. that you have to find a place that you jam with, you know, where you feel like you fit, where the people... And that when you go to a new church, everybody wants to, like, embrace you, you know, and make you really comfy and cozy. And that almost makes me, I mean, it does make me not want to do it at all. Like there's something almost icky and weird to me. Like the idea that a church is courting me or that I'm like (laughs) evaluating all these different churches. Um, that, yeah, it's just always been something that as an adult anyway, I've been like, yeah, I just don't feel like I'm up for that. Um, but not for lack of missing that, you know, connection a lot of times. So let's talk about like religion as based on this Gallup article that so many people are like, I don't affiliate with any religious, you know, but a lot of them, if you get further into the article and I could have read the whole thing and given, there was tons of stats associated with it. What percentage of these people that say they're not religious do feel like they're spiritual that has religion left a bad taste in our mouths, you know, like, cause you can go, and this is not just about Catholicism, you know, like all religions have their things where people are like, I don't know about all that. Like there's good people and there's bad people in every religion, but what is it that has pushed so many people out? You know, like how do we bridge this gap with the bad taste we have in our mouths? Oh, of course, as a Catholic, uh, it's easy to identify where our like, like little, like, oh, pedophiles. Uh, Clearly. (laughs) Easy. Yeah. You're like, okay, the heads of the church 
and the leaders of the church are kind of corrupted in this very specific manner and it's one of those like christian ideas that's like you can only judge uh you know a bush by the fruit that it creates yep and it's like oh yeah well we're not our leaders are like are even the worst of it and so it's kind of like oh can i still be catholic like how do you reconcile that and still hate the catholic church a little bit for what it's done mm. like and i mean we've just had a nasty history like women not so great uh our treating of other religions and generals right you know we had lots of history of tons of bloodshed mm. so it's like oh is this is this still worth it should i still be a part of it should i still and as a person who's moral and and focused on trying to seek good should i still even be is this community worth fighting for and lifting up and helping it evolve or should i just let it go let it die Mm. and then seek out something that more resonates with me and that's you know that's a hard choice to try and figure out uh for sure do i have any answers no (laughs) i mean well um i mean i will say one thing i miss about church is the community yeah and with raising a child where her parents aren't necessarily religious, but we believe in something bigger than ourselves. I mean, Aaron and I have talked at length about joining a church, but we don't believe in any, I mean, I don't want to say we don't believe we don't. I like the word resonate. It doesn't resonate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. We don't yeah. resonate with something as strongly to like become members and to really right. like affiliate with something to be a part of. Um, So thank you to my in-laws for taking Adelaide to church um, because that really helps me out, Um, which has been great because Adelaide does feel like she has that community. It makes me a little sad that Aaron and I can't give that to her at the moment. And I'm not ruling it out though. I'm not saying that that will never happen. If I find a situation that I feel I can fully commit to and resonate with, then I'm all about it. Um, It's just that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And I think another thing that I kind of want to like go back to mostly because you're like, I want my daughter to do it because I'd had it when Mm -hmm. I grew up. And it's it's this idea. This is another thing Ken we talked about Mm -hmm. on Friday, but this idea that for children, it's so easy and it's so nice. It's a nice it's easy to say like Jesus and to imagine this God figure as a man who lived 2000 years ago and told me what's right and what's wrong. Right. And you're kind of, as, as you grow up, it's harder. Cause you're like, Disney princesses aren't real. Mm-hmm. You know, their superheroes aren't real. The super God might fall into the not real category now. Yeah. And as an adult, you have to then reconcile. Well, okay. So, History is a little funny and we say like things in the past happen like, you know, all the time. We're like, yeah, Noah, floods. Well, there's floods. Why couldn't he have built a boat? Why not? And then, oh, Jesus died. Uh, Well, he's only one guy, but one guy could have possibly risen from the dead. You know, and you try to figure out what your experience with the world is and then how to match it up with this new understanding of what God is and how God has tried to reach into your own life or into the lives of humanity. Yeah. Well, and I also love this idea that 
all religions, no matter where you are, have virtually the same set of like tenets or guidelines or thing, ways you're supposed to behave, the, the ways that you're supposed to do that. There is this space of belief mm-hmm. that you have to believe and that you have to have faith in this belief, you know, and that uh, without that, like I've had parts of my life where I didn't believe yeah. in anything, you know, that was a higher power or a space. And those are consequently like the times in my life that were the most painful, yeah, mm-hmm. that were the hardest to get through, that gave me that sense of like, what's the point, you know, like that not having a connection to this higher power, this belief in something that's greater than you makes it really hard as a human to function, which I think is why we want to believe those things Mm -hmm. as children or adults or wherever we are, you know, but then you take something like an organized religion where then these are not higher powers. These are just men Mm -hmm. that have written these guidelines, rules, doctrines, are judging behaviors as sinful or not, you know, that are telling you where men and women fit into these hierarchies, that that starts to take it on a turn where then I'm not suspending my disbelief in this higher power or this higher source. Then I'm saying, I trust you as a man to tell me what it is that I should believe, think and feel. And in my opinion, that's where we get really crossed wires between religion and spirituality, you know, because I trust infinitely now a higher power and higher source. I just don't trust men, you know, like (laughs) is what it comes down to. And I don't mean men as a gender. I just mean like man as a species, you know, like, right. I don't, um, I maybe don't trust men very much, but (laughs) a handful of men are worthy of trust. Um, but know that I don't trust the human element in the interpretation of my personal connection with this higher power and source. And, So that's one of the things I love about the spirituality conversation is that I don't need anybody else to translate for me where that's concerned. I got it, you know, like. And I think that man as a species. There you go. um, Translating the Bible. We vaguely got into this on our pre-interview talk on Friday. And, you know, the Bible has been weaponized Mm. to tear us apart. I don't mean all the time. I'm just saying in some instances, we want to talk about the LGBTQ community, you know, the women in general, you know, know, the word used, you know, people want to throw out Bible verses talking about um, man shall not lay with man. Well, the original text meant pedophiles, not homosexuals, you know, and that that was something that came along later and um and didn't the church wasn't like a fan of that narrative they're like nah nah fed of hell's are fine no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) they were like let's not go there oh my god i hope that none of your catholic connections are listening they're all listening it's great (laughs) (laughs) um no but yeah that like man translating the word of god i feel like is a little dangerous, you yeah. know? That was one of my, one of the reasons I kind of went into religious studies. I I was, I had that same frustration when I was younger and kind of rebellious about it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna take it back, like super far back. And I'm not, I'm not gonna read any English translations because that was Martin Luther and he mm. was gonna, you know, do his own thing. And then I, I took it back all the way to Hebrew 
which turns out it's not translatable, mostly because they forgot to use vowels <laughs> in biblical okay. Hebrew. So it made it real complicated. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wanted to dive into that. Um, one of the things in that journey that I found, which was really interesting, and Parker Palmer kind of talks about it in his book, Let Your Life Speak, was this idea that God had a name. And we all kind of know it, um, YHWH um, is the quote-unquote name of God that he gave, that I can't even say God's a he, that God gave Moses um, whenever he was having it. Uh, when Moses was having a direct relationship with God with the burning bush. And Moses asked, what am I supposed to say? Who am I supposed to say told me to go to the Pharaoh? Like, how am I supposed to talk to Pharaoh and say that I have a higher entity that's telling me? He's like, okay, you know, what should I call you? And God said, YHWH or the Tetragrammaton. And it's actually a phrase that is has really been a catalyst for my spiritual journey with God. And it was that God named God's self, uh, I am who I am, or I am who am. And it's this idea, and it's kind of back to spirituality and this idea of personal theology as what is God? God is who God is. And God, as the creator, created each of us to be who we are. And I've kind of extrapolated and jumped to this theological idea that not alone with with help but like that we were created for a purpose and it's our job to find our most inner self and to listen to it so that we are able to live out that purpose that being and to honor that purpose and that being in our everyday life and so one of the things that i kind of worked with when going all the way back to that Hebrew was, who am I? And I mean, this happened, I got my major when I was in my 20s, my early 20s. So it's kind of like, who am I? What am I supposed to be? And trying to find my most true inner voice to then express that to the world. This is why you need a Jackie Rothschild in your life. (laughs) I mean, it gives me chills, like listening to it. I love it. You know, because Jackie and I, as close as we are, consider ourselves, we always said, and we said it at each other's weddings, that God didn't make us sisters because there's no way our parents could handle us. <laughs> yeah, um, and for even as close as Jackie and I are, we are completely different people. And I've always felt that because I didn't you know, take on to Catholicism quite like my best friend over here. Um, not that I ever thought Jackie would judge me. I, I was never afraid of her judging me because I know she's going to love me no matter what. But there's tons of Christians in the world that are like, well, I love you, but I don't love that about you. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter where I've been in my spiritual journey with my religious journey, whether I've been going to church or I haven't been going to church, whether I'm an asshole or I haven't been an asshole, um, this girl has always approached me with this Christ-like love that I don't get from, you know, a whole lot of people. And, um, the fact that she's educated in it helps because (laughs) she, um, 
I, I feel like her religious studies background, I'm talking about you as if you're not here. I feel like your religious studies yeah. <laughs> background has um, opened your worldview of this like extremely non-judgmental place and that um, you love all humans and all religions and all beliefs. And I just I just wish that there was more of that. And if more people could be like Jackie Rothschild, we would be in we'll a be much straight up better place. Better yeah, place. Totally. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Jackie's journey of not becoming a nun. Well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> For a couple of reasons. Like, I love the story so much only because it's not at all what I expected. Cause you had told me that Jackie wanted to be a nun at some point. And so I've known this for a long time, but it wasn't until a few days ago that I had heard the story about it. And I love it that it's based out of this perspective of like wanting to be a badass lady, you know, <laughs> yes. like, and so tell us this, yes. uh, tell us the story, Jackie. It's so good. All right. Well, <laughs> it, it kind of started in high school, um, probably before that, but this idea that I wanted to be an A student for Jesus. So I went to Catholic school my whole life and I wanted to be the tippy top of what you could be. And the Catholics had kind of like laid it out for you. They're like, well, if you want to be the tippy top, be a nun, like as a woman, be a nun. And I was like, okay, cool. And I like, it comes from a lot of different Bible verses, this idea that if you want to be someone who speaks on behalf of God, which yes, I want to speak on behalf of God. Like who, like, like that's oh, pretty you're, powerful. You're right. a policeman. <laughs> I'm a prophet. Get right. <laughs> Try me. Um, so I, I really wanted to find this and some of this sociological, like parameters around it was you had to be a virgin and you had to like, it comes from Paul, this idea that you can't have a family. The family will distract you. You need to dedicate yourself completely to God. And it even came from like Greek mythology. Athena was a badass. Artemis was a badass. Question? Uh, not a question. Statement, if okay. I may. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm just saying from a teenager's perspective, try going out with your best friend. Like, you're like this... I mean, I wasn't a wild kid, but I was boy crazy and I like so badly wanted to rebel. But Jackie and I were just like really good kids. We're mm -hmm. like, we didn't do that. But yeah. I was always like boy crazy and wanting to go out and stay out late. And that, like, I'm with my best friend who wants to be a nun. Like, it was yeah. just a really interesting I'm dynamic. Still boy crazy. You were boy crazy, but. But I was like, eh. I got better things to do. Yes. Right. Yeah. You were like, oh, but I have like this bigger vision. And I was like, I just like boys. And you were like, <laughs> I, I want to like be a nun. I like Freddie Prince Jr. too, but I got to, <laughs> I got to focus. Okay. Um, anyway. So, um, Greek mythology. Uh, yes. so Artemis is badass. Athena was badass. They were virgins. They couldn't have sex with guys. You know, it was like, okay, I'll follow these examples. These, you know, these old, historic, very powerful stories, I'm gonna follow in their footsteps. And then I got to college, still boy crazy, don't get me wrong. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna live you up my- dated. You dated, you, yeah. I'm gonna live up my life. Like that's in the future though. Like it's like everyone who's like gonna be a mom, like oh, I'm gonna have my fun until I have a kid and then I'll, you know, be born or whatever. Even okay. though it turns <laughs> out you can still have fun when having a kid. Sure. But anyways, so uh, in college I kind of, I came to the realization only when studying, I mean, I had to hit it face on. I was studying in Rome. I was studying 
under a priest who was from Malta, a tiny island. He was a, you know, advisor to the Pope. Like this guy was the tops. And we were at an all women's college. And thankfully my university had a program in Rome that was still all women's. And he was like, yeah, and you could be the mother to a Pope, or you could be a sister to a Pope, and you could be a friend to a Pope. And I was like, wait, time out. I'm 20 years old, Catholic on my life. I can't be a Pope. And I didn't realize it, which is pretty stupid. I probably shouldn't call myself stupid, but that was pretty dumb. Like that, I should have realized that a lot earlier, but I realized I couldn't be Pope. And I had a lot of conversations, like people were like, oh, you can be like the head of your order. And I was like, yeah, but I can't be Pope. And which is a really prideful thing. Like, <laughs> do you want me to be Pope? No, but I still wanted it on my journey. Like, I don't want to be CEO, but I'm still going to rise up in the ranks and I'm going to have a goal that is beyond my, my scope. And I realized in this journey, the Pope was a smaller thing, but it's just a funny part of the story, like that I didn't want to be, I didn't agree with these ideas of what a woman was and a woman had to be. And I had a lot of great, powerful women in my life who were also not what we would call lay, who weren't, you know, ordained. Mm. and powerful, impressive women that I was like, you know what? I want to be more like them. And I also really like boys. <laughs> You're like, There's it turns that. out. And turns out boys are real fun. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Uh, uh, as I said here, married now. Um, <laughs> but it kind of was this idea that I was like, okay, I, I want to be this A student for Jesus. But as I grew up, I realized not that I could be an A student for Jesus in my everyday life, but more that... <laughs> Brene Brown perfectionism, like, uh, maybe you should not aim for these ideas that have been created from a history of oppressing women and creating a woman who is only one thing and more understand what the world is trying to create of you. And the world would be like that, like women have to be this. You should listen to your own heart and try and figure out what your place is and what your message is. Still be a prophet, but you know, actually listen to God rather than the men who are out there telling you who and what you can and cannot be. I was not smart enough to know when we were that young that like you wanting to be a nun was almost a feminist statement. Right. <laughs> um, but that also you not wanting to be a nun was a feminist statement because in the church, women can't be that. Yeah. Can't be a priest. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, in, I've not, I mean, I've known two nuns actually, like yeah. personally anyway, and both of them are like really badass feminist style, you know, like yeah. they don't, they don't take no shit. Yeah. They mm -hmm. do what they want. Yeah. They, they break the rules. They, I mean, like they are practical in a way that is inspiring, you know? Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of women in my family that have, you know, done really amazing things in the name of God and religion that have been super inspiring. Um, but I'm in my forties now before I've really started to study like the divine sacred feminine aspect in a lot of these religions, um, but specifically in Catholicism and in Christianity. And I'm fascinated by this idea because we've done episodes on like masculine and feminine energies, right? Mm -hmm. But that 
the divine feminine is a huge piece of religious history that was kind of stolen and robbed from us, you know, in a lot of respects that has come up in the last 20 or 30 years where there's like actual gospels and scriptures that you can read that were written by women, you know, that uncover these parts of spirituality and religion that I have sorely needed my whole life, you know, that now that I've got access to them and I can actually move through them, a lot of them are um, gospels written by Mary Magdalene and that they so point to this idea of getting in touch with your own true nature, with the voice that you hear, you know, and that you have um, a direct heart connection to God, you know, and that using that and listening to that and acting on that um, is your superpower. And that if I had heard that and believed that and understood that at 17, you know, and if there were women in religion that were encouraging you to cut out the noise, you know, and to not worry about your sinful nature, you know, and to not have shame around your natural tendencies and inclinations, because I, for, for as bad as I'm sure you two were, <laughs> I'm having a feeling I was probably a lot worse than you are. I you think know, you were like probably that, a lot worse. Yeah, than that Jackie. there. We were, if we're talking lame. about teenage and college <laughs> age, um, Laurie. That there were a lot of things that I did that totally got me cast out of that religious net pretty quickly. Um, but that wasn't for lack of me still feeling shameful about it, you know, and feeling like I was I was bad. You know, like that that made me bad. And therefore, this religious space that everybody else existed in was not for me. Yeah. And so it pushed me so far to the other end of the spectrum that then I was like, okay, I'm sinful and bad. I best explore that, you know, like (laughs) I best see what that's all about, you know. And it turns out that like I didn't find what I was looking for in that either, you know. And so there's this pendulum thing that goes back and forth. But now I'm so fascinated by this divine, sacred, feminine aspect of religion and spirituality because it's healing these parts of me that as a late teenager and early 20 year old, I hated on myself a lot, you know, for things that are just completely godlike, you know, that are were put there for a reason that given the opportunity to explore that in a way where you didn't feel like you were doing something wrong, could have changed the whole game, you know, and could have saved me a lot of grief and difficult lessons. Um, so yeah, I'm, loving the idea that the reason you're not a nun was also because you were like, what do you mean I can't be Pope? Like something about that's not quite right. Mm -mm. Um, We've got a really cool Pope right now, by the way, like definitely shifting things in the world of Catholicism. No kidding. He's spun it on its head. I like it. I'm here for it. Like, I wonder what religion's going to look like in a hundred years. You know, like how different, um, because even just in the last, like, even in the last hundred years, there's lots of new religious, you know, orders that have come up. If you're talking about, um, I don't know how old Scientology is not that Scientology old. Scientology was developed in the 50s, yeah, I believe. In the last hundred years, at least. Yeah. By know, L. Ron like, Hubbard. I'm a little the, obsessed. Well, right? <laughs> I know Andy. it's a total like rabbit hole. I'm, I'm obsessed with Scientology. Or if you, um, I mean, I don't know that much about Mormons, but I saw the Book of Mormon on Broadway, you know, and (laughs) yeah, totally like so 200 something years old, like Mormonism is as old as America is. Right. So the idea that there are these like new religions that are birthed out, you know, and created and that people are grasping a hold of these things and pulling them into orbits. And they are also 
very far-fetched stories, you know, like you yeah. would see in traditional, you know, Catholic or I Christian think religions. It's all far-fetched. It's really fascinating, and it I'm is. so curious. Yeah, it is, and that's the thing. Like, it's all far-fetched, but we're like, oh, we got two thousand years to give us like a like that buffer. We're right. Like, ah, it happened back like two thousand <laughs> years ago. Like that totally happened. Like there were dinosaurs. Like <laughs> these are all possibilities. But like you're like, oh, it was only two hundred years ago. You came up with that, and we're supposed to believe that. Nice try, Mormonism. Yeah, nice. Like, no. Like, haha. But like, it's, it is kind of this like, they have a different challenge because they are so new. Right. And, right. And information has just come leaps and bounds. I wanted to go back to this idea of theology. Like, mm. as a woman who studied at an all women's college, Catholicism and like religions, even the idea that women hadn't been able to write, study, mm think about God, you know, as theologians or as, you know, anthropologists, there are leaps and bounds that are being made by women. Like there, I can't remember her name and I wrote it down. I was like, dang it. She who is, is this, this theology and looking at God as a woman. And so they created, they tried to understand a narrative and tried to extrapolate this idea based on God as a woman. Like, let's look at Mother Earth. Yeah. Let's look at, and let's like pull out feminine qualities of God because God doesn't have a gender. So God has that female side. Let's understand that and and get a wider understanding of God because of it. Um, so yeah, and it's just, just fascinating what what it's going to evolve and become with these new voices and with, you know, I mean, even transgender people will understand the non-binary nature of God more than 100%. we could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't wait to hear that, that, that thought process that is so different from my own experience. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I love everything that you're saying, because I remember a long time ago, Jackie, you had introduced this idea to me that God could be a woman. And I was like, say what? Say huh? Because yeah. like, we were not raised with that. And yeah. so for someone like Jackie, who I lovingly called Captain Catholic my whole life, <laughs> yeah. like introducing this idea to me that God could be a woman or nothing at all. Yeah. Gender wise, sure. you know, um, that I was like, Whoa, if someone like Jackie could wrap their brain around this concept, like that's pretty cool and deep. And so it, what I'm saying is you gave me permission to explore those ideas yeah. and to feel okay questioning that. Well, and I love one of my favorite things that came up out of us talking a few days ago was that God is diversity. Yes. Yeah. Can you speak on yes. that a little bit? Because it was just I mean, some of the most awesome. beautiful stuff we hit on was this God is diversity. So, Robert Barron. Aquinas. <laughs> so this is going to go a guy who has a really bad history with women in general. Like he like his father was like, you're going to have sex with a woman. He like chased a woman with a poker, like a prostitute out of his room because he's like, I hate women. Um, <laughs> he's one of my favorite theologians. OK. Um, I had to tweak him a little. Other people have a tweak and you're like, yeah, just ignore that part. Um, was his ideas and his theories of God. And so one of his kind of 
things that people know about him is is his writing called Summa Theologica. And he has 10 questions at the very beginning that's like, what is God? And he kind of goes through the Bible and then he goes through it. And one of the things is God is one. So like having binary men or women, God can't because God is one. And this unknowability of God is very, like very pervasive in his like you just can't know God because you are a creature. You are by nature two different things, a soul and a body. Um, form and matter is what he calls it. Uh, so just a complete unknowability of God. And so we're going to try and understand God, but we're not We're not going to get there. And uh, one, of, one of kind of the things that we took out of it was that as images, individual images of God, we are going to, we're still going to be images of God, we're just going to be small fragments. And each of us is a color in the rainbow, just a different shade. And by combining being our true self and combining those different shades, we're going to be able to see God. Um, and Robert Barron kind of goes into this idea of beauty and he describes it as something that resonates with you, something that it's a luminosity to it, has a resonance to it that you see in other people and you see God. Like you can, you have that moment of, you know, hairs, you know, getting goose pimpled or your soul really connecting. And it's kind of this idea that's like, yes, that's beautiful. God is beautiful. And what's interesting about beauty is it's different to every single person. Mm -hmm. But it's that rainbow of humanity, we can see God better. And it's been one of my favorite, you know, teachings about God as well. So that's um, Thomas Aquinas. But again, don't He's got some weird stuff. I mean, we've, we've all got our things. Right? Yeah, right. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to make sure that we touched on here was that, like, if you go all the way back to early stage Christianity, that you were like, it was really just people getting together and talking about God. Yeah. Like we're doing right now. Yeah. You know, like that and that that used to be what worship and church and having a community of people that you come together was just getting together and talking about God and that there weren't things that were off topic or not allowed to come out on the table. And you were able to challenge and ask questions and, you know, like come up with different perspectives around things. And that we've in organized religion, I feel like we've gotten a lot further away from that idea, yeah. you know, that yeah. if, um, if what it was about on Sundays or Tuesdays or whatever day you want to get together and do it was just hanging out with your friends yeah. and talking about your spiritual connection to your higher power and how that's serving you or not serving you or where you're struggling or where you have success, that that is only opening up more opportunity for people to get connected to their individual relationships, you know, like that we don't need it to be fitting in this box and in this web where like everything is, you know, X, Y, and Z, that it can be very subjective to what it is that Real your connection yeah. is, you know, and that that was such a beautiful thing when you said that, because I was like, yeah, it really should be like that where let's just get together and talk about it and explore it um, and make it okay. Yeah. Like that whatever comes up is cool because we did it, you know, and that we're nourished by that with each other. So I love that we did this. It makes me I so know. proud and happy. Yeah. Too. Are we yeah. time? We're we're pretty close to time. Okay. Pretty I'm close. Like, okay. Let me tell you about the Talmud, Jewish. And then I'll tell you. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we can always do a part two. No doubt. No, no, like, no, 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 no. But, but I, I was just like, okay, wait, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no touching on that. Yeah. It was, you know, 
early Christianity, it was Paul, like this guy who was like, I'm called by God, writing letters to groups of people who were, you know, getting together, you know, and eating food, sharing food, and trying to live better lives, like trying to do something with themselves and to spread hope, love, peace, all the good stuff. I'm here for it, Paul. I like Same. it. All right, ladies. Uh, I so appreciate you coming. Yes, on thank, the you. Show. Like, thank you. Thank you. It made all of this so rich and beautiful. And um, if you were touched by anything that we brought up today, please comment and like and share this episode with someone you think it might help. Um, get together with your friends and share some food and some good thoughts and love and light. And you badasses have a great day. Bye, guys. Yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Thank you.